Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Paint the Town Podcast, episode 216. What's going on, bro? How's it going? Oh, interesting. Uh, oh, Happy New Year, right? This happy is... New Year, bro. It's been, uh, you know, it's it's the year starting with a, a, with a quickness, man. I mean, uh, bef- before we get into it, man, I mean, you know, how was your New Year, man? It was very chill. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm here in L.A. and, uh, you know. To, to try to go out and do anything is 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 crazy it's ridiculous there's too many you know amateurs out there um you know doing stupid shit so you know we just kind of chilled hung at the house here uh the twins managed to stay up till midnight nice. um that was always and, exciting uh, when i was a kid man staying up till midnight just to watch uh what was his name dick clark yeah whoa you were uh I mean, you're young enough to to. Uh... I'm old, man. Right? <laughs> I didn't say Ryan. Seacrest. You're not dirt old like me. You know, you're like yeah, but, uh, one, uh, but, one generation yeah, below. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what's funny, man? Uh, my New Year's resolution, even though I went out this year, was to never go out again for New Year's. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hit that. I think I hit that age, man. Where like just like staying at home and watching. Uh, you know, Dick Clark sounds uh, kind of fun now. You know, maybe with some uh, uh, some friends or something like that, man. Right? So, yeah. Well, you know, it's like I said. You know, if you're in LA, there's just too many amateurs out there that are fucking up. You know, and uh, you don't want to be caught in their, you know, in their mistakes or whatever. You know, end up at the hospital or something. Um, yeah, man, definitely. But uh, also, uh, <laughs> the twins are growing up, dude. Um, what was that? I guess about uh, about a week ago now um the uh the wife you know wakes me up and uh like what what what's going on you know and uh she said georgie's uh in the bathroom throwing up she had some edibles Mm. they're 13 now dude the twins are are 13 years old you know well what did you uh, i mean what's that wait wait, were they were they your edibles (laughs) no no i keep mine hidden yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I was about the same age, actually. Mm-hmm. My yeah. brother brought some weed home from school. You know, he's like, check that out, bro. I'm like, what's that? He goes, that's weed. Really? Goes, yeah, we're going to smoke some. Come on. You know, that's and fucking of course, cool, dude, man. back then, you know, weed was, was, was barely weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like oregano, <laughs> probably. You know what I mean? No, no, it was it was actually decent, you know, but um. 
Dude, it was, you know, um, most of the time what we ended up getting was was mostly stems and seeds, you know? And every once in a while you get like some red hair sensimilia, you know? I was like, oh, it's red hair sensimilia, you know? Like, what the hell is that these days? Red hair sensimilia? What? Is that a sativa or an indica? <laughs> who, who the fuck knows, you know? But um, so, yeah, poor Georgie, you know, she was just yakking her brains out. And she was so wasted, dude. She couldn't even get up and walk. How many milligrams? <laughs> now that's the the hub. Huh, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, so I said, did uh, you know, did Lennox have any? And she's like, no. This is about the only thing that I was kind of, you know, somewhat uh, proud of with the whole situation was that, uh, you know, she didn't try to rat out her brother. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he did so, too. <laughs> well. I didn't go to his room, you know, because she's, you know, he wasn't puking or anything. He was asleep, right? So the next morning, by about 10, 15 or so, that dude is usually up eating something or doing something by then, you know? And uh, so I go over to his room and, uh, you know, I knock on like, Lennox. He's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, if I come in? Yeah. So I go in and, uh, hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm Okay. You all right? You, you look like kind of out of it a little bit. No, no, I'm fine. He kind of sits up and he's all like, you know. Like, you, you sure you're okay? Yeah. <laughs> he was going to try to pull it off, you know? He's going to try to, you know, he's going to try to pull it off. You know, <laughs> In your heart, you're laughing like. I'm like, dude, I'm a fucking specialist, you know? Like, yeah. I was like, look, dude, okay, you can either... You can either tell me or I can take you to a doctor and let him tell me. Yeah, I, mean, I had some I had some edibles too. Like, well, how much did you guys have? He said, uh, eight. I'm like, what? You had eight? Eight of them? Oh, man. Oh, my God. 100 milligrams each. No. <laughs> no. Um, I think, think they're like maybe 10 milligrams each or something like that. But, That's dude, I only have that. one. I have one, you know? These poor guys had eight of them each. When you <laughs> when you eat it, it's a different drug, actually. It, it metabolizes. Oh, I know, liver, I know, dude. The switchover you know? was was a little difficult for me to you know to to adapt, you know. But luckily, I'm a I'm a creature of habit, not an, an addict. So, um, you know, once I got to the, used to the new, you know, it takes longer. But dude, the, the buzz lasts longer, you know. Um, and so uh, one you know, thing I've, I've grown to like it. Yeah, one thing I, um, it's funny. I mean, I do take edibles uh, sometimes, but sometimes I feel like, you know, it helps uh, you regulate your breathing when you kind of smoke. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah. did. Uh, but um, did, but yeah, man, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's funny, man. It's so awesome to actually have the uh, experience to deal with something like this, right? You know what I mean? Because I feel like my parents were immigrants. And if if I was like, in that situation yeah you know like i said it'd be a little bit different so dude man i think you handled it pretty awesome man kudos well you know echo that's right before um you know before i said hey you know i'll, I'll take you to the doctor and let him tell me um i was like well, look at me lennox and he looked, he's like looking at me i'm like okay yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna pull one over on me man I, Wait, unfortunately did you tell you know, mom, a, did you tell yeah, mom? okay so um well, you know, uh, she didn't see him. You know, Georgia was the one that's puking her brains out in the, you know, in the bathroom, and they had the same amount. And you know, 
Linux almost weighs twice as much as Georgie does. So poor thing, you know, Georgie. Now, um, you know, the wife's like, so, you know, we need to, we need to sit down with them and, and, and talk to them about this and everything. I'm like, sweetie, <laughs> you know, uh, what do you want to accomplish here? Okay. Because if you think you're going to sit down with these guys and have a talk with them and make any kind of a difference at all, you're not. Okay. You get upset with them. You, you try to discipline them or, or punish them. I don't think you're going to accomplish what it is you want to accomplish. You know, what we need to, to do here is to be kind, understanding, you know, because they already know they fucked up. They know. My son sent me a, <laughs> he sent me a text and I swear to God, I think AI wrote it for him. You know, it's just like, no, I got to send, send me an apology text to my father because the situation happened. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 dude. It's, it's hilarious. Um, so let me, yeah, here it is. Okay, Make it so, nicer. Um, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Um, look at this. Okay. Dear dad, I hope this uh, finds you doing well. What? I hope, hope this note finds you well. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right. AI did write this. It's so funny, yeah. bro. I want to sincerely apologize for my recent actions and getting high. I realized it was a mistake and I am truly sorry for any disappointment I may have caused. I value our relationship and will make better choices moving forward. I mean, come on, dude, that's fucking no, AI. AI. That's not my son. What the fuck? <laughs> my, my son used AI to write me a, a fucking, you know. Bro, you just so I was like, sweetie, these guys have already gotten the worst kind of punishment, you know, that, that, we, we could ever do i mean they they had way too much and they're still high as fuck okay <laughs> they're not enjoying this at all obviously georgie i mean she's puking her damn brains out you know let me tell you something bro and you don't hear this enough so i'm going to tell you on behalf as a friend and behalf of the audience dude you are an awesome father bro okay just how you handle that situation man being a parent i know it's a thankless job man so uh, i'm gonna give you props man and you know who else is an awesome father man our guest today uh in the waiting room man uh oh he's here okay yeah mr one good ombre man um so i'm gonna go ahead and let him in man yeah can you see me can you hear me i can hear you now we, we can can't. hear you dude but we need to see you oh wait there we go <laughs> there you go <laughs> I we we started this way last time <laughs> nice for those of you All who are right. just listening uh todd I mean, uh, one good hombre has got a a piece up that uh, that he's done of, of Donald Trump with a uh, with a MAGA hat on, and uh, he's got his prison uniform on. And uh, yeah, dude. If last time yep. you uh, last time he came on the show, he was dressed as Donald Trump in a prison uniform, man. And uh, you know, a lot's <laughs> changed since then, man. I mean, I don't I don't even know if January sixth had. No, it hadn't happened it, yet. It, it was a hoax, man. It's, it's, it wasn't real. It never happened. That was all your imagination. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Before we dive straight into the, you know, <laughs> asshole of politics, man, I was just, you know, Teach was telling us a story about uh, uh, his kids last night taking some, his twins taking- Not last night. It was, it was about a week ago, but- Oh, a week ago. Uh, Todd, taking... yeah, you have a kid or kids, right? He has a newborn baby. One. Oh, ah, yeah, you did it right. One-year-old. One-year-old. Just She's just one, one years old, year old. Dara. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's going to be uh, hopefully at least a, a good dozen or more years before you have uh, the experience that I that I just went through with uh, with the twins. Um, yeah. The uh, my uh, my wife woke me up you know, about a week ago at about two thirty in the morning, two two thirty in the morning, and uh, poor little Georgie was puking her brains out. 
And uh, basically, she had some edibles and had way too much. <laughs> she, had like, she had like eight. She had like eight of these little things, right? Oh, eight shit. of them. I have one. I have one. You know, and I'm a, like what about 190 pounds? You know, and she's about 90. And what, uh, what but this was you got uh, high, Todd. <laughs> yeah. What about wait, you? Todd? How, wait, how, how how old are your twins now? Thirteen. They'll Ooh, be fourteen nice. in in August. Started early. That's uh, dude. I was about I was about that age when I when yeah, I had the first I was, time. My brother first, you know, exactly. My older brother first hit I ever took was fourteen, eighth grade. These motherfuckers had older brothers, dude, man. I was same thing here, bro. The, my bro brought, yeah. brought some weed home from school. You know, he's like, look yeah. at that, bro. Yo, first and best best fucking. I mean, of course, you're never gonna forget that first time either. So you know, it was like here. Here's the story. All right, it's uh, parents go to bed. I'm with my older brother, my best friend, and his best friend. And we're in the TV room. My parents go to sleep. We had a security alarm in the house. So grab the pillow, put it over the thing. Of course, you know the, the digits on the pad. So you get that nice and silent so the parents don't hear anything, you know, going off. <laughs> silence that. And, and this was a system that had the – it had because it had the windows – also censored we we climb out through the fucking window of my tv room to get outside to smoke a bowl the first time and uh you know that the first several times smoking weed in my life was sneaking out of the the family room window to get outside after hours with my brother and a friend (laughs) or two interesting was the experience enjoyable you know was it uh, scary oh it was fucking it was awesome dude i i just remember immediately going downstairs to our basement and then just fucking running around for two hours with 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 my body and just giggling at everything getting the fucking munchies all that shit was just like oh, oh dude i just remembered what we this, did this is the rest like of the, life. the first couple of times that i got high um we got some dish soap and somehow made bubbles dude there's thousands of bubbles like all over the house you know and they're resting on the floor just thousands of fucking bubbles it was amazing it's fucking Make great a time. Fucking Can you imagine, man? My my poor twins, you know? Like they they were high the whole next day. Like Georgie Georgie could this not was even their talk. This is their first time. This yeah, first she time. could not even fucking talk, man. She could not even talk right. She couldn't walk. Where did she get him? Some guy that uh, you know, that they're friends with on uh, on Tic Tac Talk, whatever the fuck. Ooh, that's yeah. not good. That's not good. Yeah, because right. uh Yeah, and you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, go beat the hell out of this guy or or um, you know, Give him a little hug, good night hug or anything like that. Um, well, you know, because, if, uh, if this gonna, experience solve anything, if this experience oh, yeah. was anything like the first time I got really fucked up on vodka and puked for hours, and then I didn't touch vodka for a long fucking time again, maybe that's what's going to happen to her. So you could be in the clear for a little while. That's true. Well. But you know, the, the wife, the wife was like, you know, we need to sit him down. This and the other, and I was like, sweetie, you know. They already had their punishment, you know. Um, we just, uh, you know, we need to be kind about this and understanding. And, uh, you know, this is this allows us to kind of gain some respect from them. And, uh, you know, kind of it's an opportunity to open up, you know, a, a way of communicating with them so that they're not afraid to come up with this, come to us with fucked up shit in the future, you know. So um, but it's going to be a while before you have to deal with this with your kid, right? How's, how's your kid doing? Oh, I hope so. Oh, she's amazing. Lila, Camila. Oh, no, she's like six years old. Daddy, I had some edible. Woo! Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. I, yeah, who knows? Who knows what the world's going to be like by the time she's of age to, to want to get into that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm surprised it took me until I was 14, honestly, 
to, to, to smoke weed, given given the influence I had around. I mean, I'd been to my first Grateful Dead show before I smoked weed, which yeah, is kind of crazy. I went straight that. sober to my first Dead show. I, I, I took I took wow. I took Xanax and Vicodin way before I uh, I even smoked weed, man. Because uh, you know what, and I think that that's why I understand how these kids feel. I thought it was like probably safer because it was coming from a drug company. You, you know, you know, you know. I mean, as a kid, and to be honest, like I didn't smoke weed because they thought only stupid people smoke weed. Because only people I knew were the that smoked weed in high school were the people that didn't graduate. You know what I mean? So I took I took ecstasy way, or so far. you thought, or so yeah. you thought. Yeah, then you come to learn that all the doctors and lawyers and judges <laughs> well, and all the people that you looked up, some of your favorite teachers probably also smoke weed. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, especially looking back. But the thing is, uh, so like I definitely took ecstasy way before I uh, in the rave scene, way before I smoked weed. And actually, the first time I smoked was after you know we had dr driven up from like a show, I was definitely like rolling on E. And then one of my friends who you know he went down all the way down a uh, LA to the, go to the show with me from Santa Barbara um, you know I just thought it was like really kind of him to do that with the, to come with us and then he I was like you know what let me try some of that actually and you know <laughs> you know what I mean and then uh, uh, the rest you know, is history. I fucking enjoyed it you know what I mean I was like god damn dude fucking fuck you Ronald Reagan man you fucking made me yeah <laughs> exactly well, now, wait, a second, wait a second James you said you had Xanax yeah you had... well, we what bars, was that like for man? you uh, like I said, it just felt people just take a little bit and then then you wouldn't have to spend as much money on alcohol because you couldn't get underage drinking. Right. So you take like you take like a little bit of like prescription and you take like drink with it and then you would feel like more fucked up. Basically, you wouldn't need as much like alcohol. You, you know what I mean? Because nobody really liked the cheap alcohol taste. Man, that's obviously horrible to mix mix together. You, you, you know what I mean? But as a kid, like I seriously remember thinking like telling somebody, I think it's safer because. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah, just fucking. I was the complete fuck. opposite my whole life. Like, I was like, "Oh, that shit's natural mushrooms. Oh, that's that's natural. All the shit you find in nature. I know humans have been doing this shit for thousands of years. Um, this chemical stuff, man. I was never. I don't even know what Xanax is. I never got into pills. Never did fucking coke, like any of that hard shit. I mean, I psychedelics. I got into. Well, you know, um, MDMA but, is actually from the sassafras root, actually. Right. Well, so yeah, yeah, then yeah. I like when I got into my 20s or so, then I, I fucked around like once or twice with ecstasy. Like uh, the Millennium New Year was the first time I did ecstasy. Hey, we didn't know. We didn't know. Dude, who it was exactly. Be. <laughs> no, we thought the whole fucking world was in class. I was like, you know, what am I fucking worried about? What are they, am I going to go to jam? I worried about my future oh, job like potentials because God, I baby. tried ecstasy on it. On uh, okay, New Year's uh, Millennium. Yes, those uh, John Sasha and Digweed are playing shit. Anyways, but yeah, dude, no, I get it, bro. I, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Y2K. You know, it's crazy. Y2K is like a theme now. When I was a kid, I remember when we had 50s day theme, when like people wear poodle skirts oh, and right, like right, that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, yeah. and like now Y2K is a theme where they fucking wear like you know, baggy pants and shit. It's fucking weird, man. Uh, like, or yo, it's like it's like the way we thought about Buddy Holly. Kids today look at Kurt Cobain. <laughs> yeah. Like how how crazy is that? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I I get it, man. I mean, you know, like, like, yeah, that like shit I said, blows my mind. So, blows so, my mind. You know, it's crazy. I I had this recent conversation. Um, 
and I've been asking a lot of people, like, uh, you know, people I know, like, don't know that John, John Lennon, who John Lennon is, or he was shot, hmm. man. Like, you know, like people who, who are in the music scene, man. Like, I'm just oh, like, dude, yeah, yeah. it's insane, man. It's It boils my blood, but maybe I'm just old. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't Isn't know. Isn't you talking about the old shit now? You know, now that he's over, I'm now 40 that he's 40. Now. Now that he's 40, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm old, yeah, that's man. A new thing. I, I didn't that's go out for, uh, for New Year's, man. That was kind of like my New Year's resolution, not to go out for New Year's anymore. Listen, that's hey, old I, fuck, I just feel man. like I made it, hell? man. I made it, man. I mean, sometimes I didn't know if I was going to Todd, what'd you do for uh, what'd you do for New Year's? Jack shit, man. I got a one-year-old baby, you know? Like, we went down <laughs> to San Diego the day before to hang out with friends, and uh, it was the best driving I've ever done to San Diego that weekend because there was nobody out. Middle of the day. Both ways, two hours round trip from Santa Monica to to San Diego it was amazing. That's unheard um, of. That's yeah, unheard it was, of. It was awesome. It's awesome. So we drove back up on New Year's Eve, and uh, what did I? I think I made some food or something. But you know, I got a baby. Just we were watching uh, fireworks around the world a bit. I was actually painting mostly, yeah, smoking some weed. You know, kind of <laughs> had some beer. Yeah, I think we got some beers. But uh, yeah, it's chill, man. It's a different life, as you know, Teach. Once you get kids, it's like priorities. Well, you know, I, like I was, I was telling uh, James just a minute ago, if you're in a big fucking town like LA, there's just too That's many amateurs. You know, yeah. there's just too many amateurs getting in the way, and and uh, you know, it's just not worth the risk. You know, yeah, I mean, up in the in the uh, emergency room or some shit like that. Yeah, not not gonna do it. Not gonna do that shit. Um, not at all. I didn't want to be on the road. You know, like we're we're not bar people. I'm not going out to the club. You know, what am I going to pay a hundred dollars to go get into a club? I never, I I was never about getting out to the clubs on New Year's and paying these retarded fees just to yeah. get in the club. And then I, you know, whatever. Oh, there's your you get a free glass of champagne at midnight with your hundred fifty dollars. That's fuck you. That's your hundred fifty dollars glass of champagne right there. There you go. Yeah, probably nah, a twelve dollar get... uh, bottle of champagne, right? Yeah. I didn't even get a glass. When was the last time you did something big for uh for for New Year's? Like, what was your last big New Year's thing you did? Uh probably a, a long time ago, man. You know, I'm, I'm 46, and I've been married. Oh fuck, that's seven, old. Seven, fuck you. 17 years. I moved to LA. I know, sorry, Pete, but uh, you know, I moved to LA, and married. <laughs> you don't have to apologize to me. Double fuck you for that. Yeah, fuck you, old bro. I'm just a baby. <laughs> just a baby but uh yeah you know I, I i it was more more in my third my early 30s and 20s that i was really partying i've been i've been out here since i was basically 29 i moved moved to la and you know it's everything is crazy expensive out there i've never i've never been you know rolling in the money so doing the big parties like i said i'm not I'm gonna be paying for you know a couple hundred dollars to get into a club with my wife back in the day. and again i'm married i'm not you know it was a different story when you're a single guy you want to go to the club you're married it's like I, I got my goods at home and I'm just going to enjoy my life, you know? Uh, but probably the biggest New Year's parties are down in Argentina. There, when, I, when I'm, I'm down there, my, my wife's from down there. So we've been down there a couple of times, probably the, the, the bigger, but you know, again, that's just like family, hang out with family and stuff, but huge barbecues and sounds great. Though, it's, it's hot, you know, down Actually, there. So it's summertime. Um, yeah, that's right. Honestly, dude, I'll tell you the best New Year's Eve I ever had in, in LA was just it was beautiful my wife and i we drove up the pch it was our first new year's here bought a bottle of champagne rolled a couple joints drove up to sunset the sunset break you know the surf break at sunset yeah. boulevard gladstones so mm -hmm. we just we pulled over there um off the side just 
sat down on the rocks, cracked open the, the, the wine or champagne, smoked a couple joints. We watched, you could see the fireworks yeah. uh, look, looking south in Marina mm -hmm. or Manhattan Beach or whatever. It was quite, there was nobody out in the road really. And, you know, you, we knew when midnight hit because the fireworks started going off and it was, it was serene and beautiful and honestly, probably the best New Year's I've had in the last 15, 20 years or so. It was awesome. Super fucking cool. Highly recommend. James, that. what about you? What was what was your last big uh, New well, Year's? I mean, I went I went out to the conventions. There's a big party at the convention center, and uh, uh, you know, um, there's a DJ named pretty big DJ right now named Solomon. Uh, he was DJing, so I went out this year. But like I said, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's expensive. You're right. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, at the end of so the you day, did do something this year. Yeah, did, did no, you, you? Yeah, did you no, drive? Fuck you! Look at you. No, I just ah. uh, I got a hotel and basically like stayed until Tuesday. Basically, you know what I mean. Stayed in L.A. Yeah, no, I'm not going to drive. It was like walking distance from the uh, convention center. But no, I mean, you, you know, that's, I, the, that's the other thing. That's the other thing in L.A. on New Year's. If you're not driving, you're getting Uber, cab, or Lyft and that shit. Oh yeah, it's um, hell, man. Hundreds of dollars getting across the city at, at, when you on on those nights. It's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But uh, the know. last great one that I had was about 20 something years ago. Uh, and I was in Vegas. Woo! And I was with this. Uh, oh, what was it? Tony Daly, uh, my friend, Jason Painter and a couple of other friends. Um, and uh, I just remember that we were in Vegas. Um, <laughs> I saw uh, I saw I met uh, Mickey Rourke, uh, <laughs> you know. I said hi to him right quick. I was like, dude, I love Sin City, man. You were great in that. He was like, thanks, man. Thank you. I was like, yeah, man, all right. And then took off because I knew I didn't want to sit there and try to have a fucking conversation with him because I was yacked out of my fucking brains, you know? Like, <laughs> this guy didn't want to have some dude jacked up on coke going, yeah, man. So, yeah, yeah, I did like Sin City. You know, like, you remember, you remember like that, that, that part in Sin City where like, he did like, he did like this thing, you know? And, you know, it's like, oh, good. Like, you like yeah, that. Heard, okay, I'm going to go now while, before I fuck that. up. You know, or you're like, you're like, what did Kim Basinger smell like in nine and a half weeks? Take it old. Listen, I, I totally spaced this because like you, I was real fucking greatest New Year's I've had in the last five years. Year, year, five years uh, was in Bali in not the name of the, the city on the East Coast. My cousin and I were over there tripping balls on mushrooms. In this beautiful little village <laughs> on the east coast of Bali, and you know, you're in Asia. New Year, the, the fireworks show is it, it, like this is a fucking joke in the U.S. when it comes to fireworks. And <clears> like, <throat> you, and and you're out on the coast, and the coastline where we were, you could wrap around. I mean, you could, as far as the eye could see, was fireworks for a good hour, hour and a half there. And you know, they, the, the I don't know what the strain of mushrooms that they have over in Bali. <laughs> but they're different they're fucking amazing you eat them fresh too so they're they're still moist and fucking delicious not freeze-dried like, or anything huh? no dude no they were fucking amazing and uh that was that was hands down the best new year's i've had probably five ten years yeah for sure if we're talking about part my, my best new year's man i mean um like i said i it was 2000 uh 2008 going into 2009 man um that was the year that Obama just got elected, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. So, like, uh, I went to this party. It was at the LA Sports Arena. And this DJ at the time, he was the number one DJ at the time. His name is Armin Van Buren. And uh, he, he was doing this countdown. And during the middle of the countdown, like I said, he would, it would be like, oh, 
T minus one minute and counting, you know, or five minutes and counting, and the whole crowd would fucking cheer, you know what I mean? And it's like one minute and counting. In the middle, he's all playing music too, and he would be dropping um, Obama samples of like, yes, we can, <laughs> you know, I mean, we can all do it. And it was just like, such getting high, uh, amazing uh, moment. Yes, we man. can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, like I said, I was like, rolling on fucking XC and then fucking like it was just one of those moments you know those were pretty whole crazy and hopeful times though yes like, exactly it was a hopeful like, time in in in, in a, uh the, recession the global recession but we're like fucking shit you know bush the fucking iraq where we're gonna get out of the iraq and afghanistan we got a first black president shit's gonna turn around we're gonna get out of this recession nah. people, were, people were optimistic during that time man that we yeah and you know what that's were. actually when i really started um you know, paying attention and, and understanding um, how the government works, you know, with the um, Senate and the House of Representatives and how they can just block anything that, a, you know, a president tries to do. And, and it's like, well, now, why the fuck is it set up like this? You know, like how how the fuck um, do they make by it design. Where, by design, you know, it, it, that is whoever's president, you know, whichever at least I, it, but I thought would make sense is, you know, whoever's president, you know, like that party should get to just run shit, you know, like make the rules. And that way they're fully responsible for whatever happens. You know, that kind of makes sense, right? I don't know. Because not, if, uh, not, not, if you got, not, if you got not part of the other diverse. party that is in control of what goes and what doesn't go, then how can you really, you know, uh, That's, that is get anything purpose. going and then take any kind of you know um i guess uh you know appreciation or, or you know uh for accomplishing anything you know it just doesn't make sense the stupid well, no, it, what's even more stupid now is that you know the the qualifications for getting into congress are obviously they're not very um tight you know, uh, that one dude lying. George Santos, you know, and and uh, and now, like, um, you know, a, a, an uninspired, not uninspired, <laughs> uh, unconvicted co conspirator that is, you know, going to be allowed to to be elected that, uh, you know, possibly from prison. So, uh, yeah, aren't we just the uh, you know, the thing to for the rest of the world to you know to to watch and, well, and set themselves you know to respect and and you know to answer your the question that's going on in your head that i've always heard my whole life studying politics about why you know why why does the government not work or how, how is it when you have you know how do you have the the opposition party blocking the progress or momentum of the ruling party and, and then that was set up by design so that we don't have in, in a country of you know over 300 million people, although going back to time that they weren't imagining, obviously it was country was going to be as big as it was, but to not with such a diverse population of ideology of everything, right? We're probably the most diverse uh, demographic population in the world. So many different ideas, interests, desires, goals, uh, beliefs, um, ideologies that to do what you're saying, we would do, we would have had so many civil wars at this point in time that it's like the increment incremental progress allows this 
country and society to survive and thrive and to be sustainable. Maybe for because, a while it did, but at this point, yeah, it's just it's not working anymore because all we're well, doing is we're not getting anything done. We got one party that's just going after the other party. The Republicans haven't done shit but just go after the fucking Democrats, you know, and you know um, that that just doesn't that you know it checks and balances. That makes sense. I'm not. I'm not I know? wasn't saying don't that let him get away right with anything that's that's not a you know. Yeah, I, I understand, but um, I'm yeah, saying as far as how right it was wrong. set up and and structured was to be a, a, a debate. We're supposed to be slow. I mean, that's why this they call the Senate the most no, deliberative. No. I, body, I get it, but right? they didn't. They, there's know? no way they could even begin to to understand how polarized right. the things well, would become. Well, and then you talk you talk about like the filibuster, right? That's not in the Constitution. That's just a norm. That's a tradition, actually, that can be changed. Yeah. But when right. you look back at the last several governments. Uh, uh, either way, I mean, I don't personally, I don't see the Democratic Party as radical as as the Republican Party in the modern age. Um, that's debatable. And, and I'm on the left. I'm not a Democrat, but I'm on the left. So, of course, I'm going to view my bias is to be to look at the left's policies as being more normal, acceptable. Um, but I mean, Bush, if Bush had all the power that you claim or if Trump did, or Trump does, we're, we might not have a democracy anymore, you know, given that kind of absolute power that you were calling for. Um, when it's our side, yeah, we love that. But when it's the other side, we're scared shitless and we're ready to move out of the country. I mean, I, I remember people during George Bush's election, but both of them can, and can the Trump election, like, I'm getting the fuck out of this country if this guy wins, yeah. right? But it can still happen to where, you know, when, when Bush was fucking president, they had both, you know, the House and the Senate. Right. You know, and they got through some crazy shit. And then the yeah. Democrats had the same thing and they fucking failed. They sat on their asses and got Obamacare. That was it, which was a, you know, a multi-billion dollar handout to the insurance companies. So thanks, yeah. Obama. I still can't afford my health insurance. <laughs> you and me both, brother. It's it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that just once I started understanding the, the way that it works, I, I totally understand that they meant it to be a way of kind of checks and balances and keeping it from getting too ridiculous. But at this point, it just seems like, you know, the government isn't getting shit done anymore. Nothing. No policies. Yeah. What kind of policies have the, uh, you know, the Republicans come up with? Well, I always think about, it's like, the, you know, if you look at the DMV, man, that's the classic case of the government, right? <laughs> it ain't getting done there, dude. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why we like these guys dress better. Like you, James, you know, I like, fully we, disagree, dude. I had to renew my license and I got the real ID. You set up an appointment, dude. I was in okay. and out of that place in ten minutes. They have LA. made many improvements. That's you're right. I'm, I'm thinking back classically. In the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in and the for day, for a while, and, yes, for, dude. For a while, you had to go there and be there. Yeah. And now with the internet and everything, they they made it definitely a lot easier. Back in the day, yeah. you knew you had to smoke a fat blunt before you went to the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> you mean before yeah. you had to take one with you and then take a break and go outside and smoke? Yeah. <laughs> you know, in other countries, like in Poland, you can actually pay somebody to stand in line for you. Um, you know what I mean? To uh, like at DMVs at government places. You know, I'm sure you could do that here too. Well, dude, the and last time that like that, as long um, as you get I, up I got there, my driver's license, my wife got it for me. She got online and did some fucking thing. Next thing I know, here's my, it shows up in the fucking mail. I'm like, oh my. 
I think, yeah, you. I mean, you know, at some point there, especially for me, you know, I've turned 40 now, Teach, <laughs> just to remind you again. Now I got to get a new picture. It's your little baby. It's your they're, little, they're like, you know. they're like, dude, this motherfucker hasn't taken a new picture since he was like 21, dude. Like, but I was like, dude, bro, look, I look the same, man. I'm Asian shit, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. He's going to look the same when he's 60 or 70, this fuck. Yeah, dude, hopefully, man. I, I you know, I, I always say I don't have kids and I smoke a lot of weed, man. When people ask me, like, what, what's my secret, man? So, uh, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's because I'm one of the guys who keeps telling them, dude, don't get married, don't have kids. Dude, man, I know. If you want to, if you want to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, don't include anyone else. Very true, man. Um, well, dude, how how's uh been having a baby for you? Uh, been uh, is changing up your schedule. Uh, Todd, are you still getting up in the streets as much? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, the painting overall definitely slowed down for a while. Um, it's twenty four seven job for me. I actually had to. Again, this is the state of the state of America. You know, I, I was a teacher, um, an ESL teacher. I had to quit my job teaching here in Los Angeles because childcare costs more than I was getting paid as a teacher. Jeez. So it's like it's like, am I going to lose money to have some stranger? raise my child so that I could mm -mm. be losing money to go to work. So yeah. uh, fortunately, my wife, uh, who's also a teacher, uh, makes enough to get us by for right now. Uh, I'm going to be starting to look for some kind of work to do night gig, as well as online stuff. And eventually, late at the end of the year, or probably after the summer, we're going to move end up moving down to Argentina for a little bit, maybe a year or so. Um, nice. because again, the cost of living, the economy, everything, everything there that is a fraction of childcare. There is literally private, really nice childcare on our block where we have an apartment in, in the city, 75 cents an hour. Yeah. I mean, come on. Wow. I hear, I hear mixed things, man. sometimes I hear like Argentina is like really awesome. And I've been down there and I think it's really awesome, man. But then I hear like, Oh, the economy is like, you know, what's going on down there, man? Like, can you break it down uh, for us? Not, not, unfortunately, no, not really. I'm okay. more of an expert at American <laughs> politics, but uh, basically. He's a dad now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to learn. I'm going to get, I'm going to be getting my citizenship down there. Um, really? Yeah, oh, absolutely. What hey, do you have man. to do to get your citizenship? Well, I'm married to an Argentinian citizen. Um, well, I mean, you got to take some and... kind of test. You got to, I mean, you got yeah, security I, I check. So. Do they? Do they put the plastic what? glove on? Bend over. This is just this information for everybody out there. Argentina is a gigantic country with a very small population. They are, it's one of the easiest countries to get your citizenship in, in the world. They have a very open immigration policy. Now, you can't just walk across the border and be like, hey, okay, I'm Argentinian. Like but here. relative to, yeah, you want to, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not going to be a citizen. I would like yeah, to seek asylum. Border. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a country that's, I don't know, geographically speaking, the size of the Western United States, almost maybe with 40 million. It's like the size of population of California with in the Western United States, you know. So there's a lot of land, lots of resources. It's a beautiful country, um, beautiful culture, uh, but they can't get their shit together, man. It's just crazy corrupt. It's how yeah, no, I hear all like, uh... of the world is. They sell cash on the streets, like yeah. U.S. dollars on the streets, basically. Yeah. Like the they have two. The they have two. They have two currency markets. There's an official market, and they have for the dollar, the official dollar, and then there's called what's called the blue dollar, and the values are like double 
in the black market. So when the official peso, it was like, say, four to 500 pesos to the dollar, the black market, you would get a thousand pesos to the dollar. So no, nobody's doing the official dollar. Everything's black market. You bring down dollar cash and you get double the money. Um, it's hard for a lot of Americans, I even think, to like comprehend, like <laughs> you know, because that's some a problem they never even had to deal with before, like currency yeah. exchange. Teacher, like... teacher, imagine this: I go down there, and my monthly expenses for a family of three, which is eating out maybe once to twice a day, taking taxis almost everywhere in the city because we don't have a vehicle and we have family all over and friends. Our our total expenses for a month are. Five to seven hundred dollars. Fuck you! What? Yeah. And that's living a good life. Like, uh, if you if you make a thousand dollars a month, living like just spending money a, a, a month, you are just a king, dude. Well, like I said, man, you know, here's the thing: like, when you know, when you go, there are things in there's some areas, of but it's relative. Like, yeah, it, it it is relative because it's like. How, how is it like, relative though? What do you, what, what, how do you, uh, cause there's so much you lack as well. Yeah, there's so much that you don't have access to. You're, you're they, they, they're, they're marked like, dude, you want to go, you want an Apple product? Good luck finding it. And you're going to pay double the price. I could um, give a shit about computers and stuff, so I'm a right, good no, no, there. I know. Um, oh, yeah, teach you, you, you fit right in, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying for a while. I'm saying, man, for someone like me, man. You want good. a simple life, a simple life, man. You you'll love it. But like you know, if you want, you, if you want, if you want electronic, you, you have all the latest like, gadgets and stuff. Yeah, with that or you want. You if you want to have champagne living, on New not, Year's at a club. <laughs> nah, yeah, exactly. Oh, you're you're in there, dude. There's no problem. You can get it. You can afford it. Uh, you could buy the whole fucking. Okay, club yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe maybe <laughs> that, but uh, you know, and you, still you have know money. I mean, like, uh... But but Buenos Aires is is a is a multicultural cosmopolitan city. The rest That's of the country is that, yeah. super limited, so you're not going to get all the different ethnic foods that you're exposed to that you want. You know, like you're craving Mexican, you're craving, you want some uh, Middle Eastern, you want Thai. Dude, whatever, I could eat ramen every fucking day and not he's, give a shit. You know what I mean? He used to. He, so said, he, he told no. me that back in the day he used to carry a can opener on his keychain because every night he'd just open a can of tuna and then he'd eat that. <laughs> that's that's the kind of guy teaches man okay so that's still got it right there he's showing yeah, me the can you. over he still has the same oh guy yeah can that's, over, a, okay. that's an old school <laughs> it still works key that's awesome yes so, show uh, that to him show that to a millennial and see what they they think it is <laughs> is that a oh wow man that's awesome is that like a zip drive People are not going Gen Z now. Okay, millennials are. Oh right, not millennial. Uh, Gen Z, right, or Gen A? What is the next one going to be, anyways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, oh, I am. No, but here's like That's I said. Here's question. the thing. What man. is the next generation going to be? Generation a? Alpha, but they changed that shit, man. Because I used to be, I used to be when I was like in elementary school in my textbook. Since we had old textbooks, it was still I was still Gen X, and then I became Gen Y. And then it became like I'm an elder millennial now, or something like that. You know, it keeps like you know elder. So... <laughs> no, you were never you were never Gen X. If you're 40 years old, you were never even close to being Gen X. 80, 82 is I think is the, is the cutoff basically for 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 Gen, for Gen X. X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me look. I'll look it. Up, I'll look it up on Google right is now. It? What is the cutoff for Gen? Because Gen X, I'm thinking of uh... 1980. 1980 is the yeah. Cutoff. 1980. 1980 yeah. is the cutoff. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But the thing is, like, I, I just feel it's like 
I would like to say, what's, man. Uh, what's 1969? What uh, generation is that? That's Gen X. Gen X. 65 Gen to 80 X. is Gen X. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all just like way to categorize people so people can market shit to them. You, you know, so I'm an elder X, huh? Yeah. You're you're almost you're you're pretty much a boomer, man. I mean, almost. <laughs> you know, the, here's the thing about yo teacher. Do you, do you remember you remember the movie Singles with Ethan? Yes. Hawk? Yes. With um, uh, no way. It's like the singles? whole. Yeah, singles in like early '90s with all the had the greatest soundtrack Did that have, with uh, like Stone Temple um, Pilots and um, what's his face? The the big guy. Um, but that was oh that's like God, the quintessential what? Gen X movie, right? Oh my God! Why um, Vince Vaughn was that with Vince Vaughn? No, 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 no. That was Swingers. Swingers, okay. Singles. It started with an S. This one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And same, 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 same era, same era. But it was like it was like the quintessential Gen X uh, movie. Um, But check out that soundtrack. It was like it was like the classic, like early grunge. Really, really good. Uh, Who was it? Was it Stone Temple Pilots or that song Wood? Wood. Uh, Not Stone Temple Pilots. Who was the other? uh, Alice in Chains. I remember that was a classic one on that. Anyways, whatever, Gen X, I don't know. Not much. I thought it was like 16 Candles for you guys or something like that, man. But that too, man. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, different, different uh, life. St. Elmo's Breakfast Fire. Club. St. Elmo's Fire Breakfast Club. That was, that. that's like the, the early, that's like the older side of Gen X to like up through singles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Although, no, no, no. St. Elmo's Fire was the previous generation. It wasn't it actually that they were playing or no, I don't know. Anyway, what are we fucking talking about here? Jesus. <laughs> hey, man. So hold on real quick before I forget, <laughs> you know, you did the uh, mural in Fame Yard of, uh, uh, you know, Putin and uh, yeah. Will, Will Smith, man. Like, tell you know, that was pretty awesome, man. And that's a pretty big piece, man. So, uh, yeah, I got big. Very awesome. It was all, all thanks to, uh, to that dude as well. That's what yes. got me the. When I did the, I started doing the um, Zelensky pieces around the AP. Picked that up. That put awesome. Put me in an article with uh, with uh, Corey Matty, Corey, who runs the yes. Fame Yard. So we right. were in in an article together. I had an owner, and then she hit me up and be like, "Hey, you want to do a Ukraine piece? And or like, do you know any Ukrainian artists? Are you Ukrainian? You want to do a piece at the Fame Yard?" And I was like, "Well." uh i'm i don't think i'm ukrainian i may i might be but uh uh i don't know any ukrainian artists but i'd love to to do it um obviously i mean i'm well aware of what's going on there and uh obviously been hitting this piece so um i immediately i posted uh on on the, the grams like hey anybody any Ukrainian artists out there want to do a project with me in, in regards to the war? I mean, this was the first, second week of the war, third week of the war. is very, very, very quickly right after that shit hit. I mean, this piece I had out on the street, I think, two or three days after the war started. Nice. Um, and, uh, and uh, like, four or five people just randomly hit me up. The Ukrainians, not really artists, but wanted to help out. Um and uh came up with a design you know this was also a week or two after the will smith situation and i'm thinking like you know i had done this design already and um you know it's all it's just i wanted strong imagery i was just thinking really strong powerful 
um, kind of imagery, what's happening in the moment. Um, and, you know, I chose to play on that, the, the concept of the, of the slap for, for multiple reasons. Obviously it was about that point in time in history, the whole world was either talking about the Ukraine war or Will Smith and Chris Rock and all, in the, in the U S media and even internationally, I was talking to friends all over the world. They're like, yeah, what's up with what's going on with Will Smith? And I'm like, are you guys really fucking talking about this? We have World War Three is about to break out. You guys are worried about fucking Oscars, right? So, you know, I'm in, I'm in Hollywood, in Hollywood. I'm in the heart of the fucking beast here of that of the industry, all where all the conversations going on. Um, and it was just like playing with the idea of like trying to grab the attention of that ha and getting it refocused on to the war. And uh, so that's kind of why I chose to use that kind of imagery um, for that piece. But uh, in terms of the process of doing it, it was amazing. I mean, I got to meet some amazing Ukrainian artists or, you know, became friends. Um, and it was, we were able to raise some uh, money. I was able to raise like a thousand dollars or so uh, selling a couple different pieces. Uh, we put up a QR code. I don't think that QR code actually got any money, but I sold a bunch of prints and, uh, paintings over here and was able to raise about a thousand a little over a thousand dollars that i got to send over to uh to uh humanitarian aid for ukrainians um so that's awesome that was awesome i mean yeah dude, kudos because uh you know that's what i love man like just people at least just uh getting out there and uh trying to make a difference and uh you know just saying what what's on their mind through uh street art man you, you know what i mean at the end of the day, uh, it, it is a you know awesome community, man, and everybody in LA like saw that piece, man. So it's like, uh, like I said, and you know, you you had a second piece to, mural too, basically. Well, I I, I want to get that actually. I wanted to say a funny story about this though, actually. So I said, you know, I didn't know if I was Ukrainian, and I, I'm not. Uh, I I did my DNA testing a bunch of years ago, probably about eight ten years ago, and I am. 96 almost 97 percent ashkenazi jew okay it's hilarious i bless whole... you what well ashka it sounds like you sneeze there ashka yeah, what ashka. exactly that's what that's what we sound like when we speak wow, lots of phlegm in the in the jewish people and the um ashkenazi lactose intolerant right uh german it's basically german that's that's like the the yiddish way of describing we're talking germany in the 11th and 12th century Okay. That's when that's where the Ashkenazi. When we talk about Jew, we're, we're going to get into this top, topic, and I want to finish the Ukraine piece. So, I, I I got my DNA tested, and it was showing me I'm 96 to 97 percent Ashkenazi Jew, which was a giant. What what when they showed a map of the region of the world where I'm from, it's just basically all of Eastern Europe. Ten years ago, that's what if you looked up your Ashkenazi Jew, you don't have any kind of specific location where your ancestors possibly lived. Every so often, they update the DNA reports. And I just found out a month and a half ago, they, they've been finally had enough data of Ashkenazi Jews to be able to now pinpoint some communities in different parts of Europe from where our ancestors came from. And my, it says that I, all of my ancestors actually came from central Western Ukraine. Mm. Not, not, oh, which was blew my fucking mind. You know, like I heard stories my whole life about, because basically the world that exists today didn't exist back then. When my ancestors came here to the United States, none of the countries that exist today and the 
places where my ancestors lived exist today. They were Ru Russian Empire, Prussian Empire, the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So when my family came here, they, it's, I, we could never relate to those places. And we also had no culture of those places. Like I didn't have a Ukrainian or Polish or Hungarian identity, which is where my family all said they came from. We were like from the Hungarian, Romanian, Transylvania region, or from maybe from Ukraine or Belarus. We don't really know somewhere in the Russian empire. We lost all traces of where our family came from. And I just, just literally found out about a month ago that actually this, my answers were most likely from Ukraine. So I turns out they did this whole piece and I am, I'm not Ukrainian, but Jew from, from the Ukraine, fleeing the same kind of motherfuckers that are, you know, tearing up the place now, you know? Yeah, mm. definitely, man. I mean, you know, so, so I want to talk about, um, you know, obviously it's not very often, uh, you know, we get to, you know, have a Jewish guest on to kind of educate us a little bit about kind of like the situation and given, uh, you know, you, this is a nice little, I guess, segue, segue. because uh, it's a different, you know, it's, you know, the global conflicts are now definitely, uh, if you want to worry about it, man, it'll drive you crazy. You know what I mean? So it, it absolutely will. You got that right. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's it's pretty know, hard. It's it's pretty hard. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I know. I remember, you know, one of the things that you said, it resonated to me is at the very beginning, man, you're like, dude, you know, it's corny, but it's like giving peace a chance, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you know, there's just so much fighting already. There's already this going on in the Ukraine. And then now we have this other conflict. And then I felt like at that time, you know, a lot of people were like taking sides of like whether who should, who's like the correct person. And, you know, people weren't focusing on like, why are we fighting? You know what I mean? Instead. So I really appreciated your post on that. And I heard that you actually got like, attacked for calling for peace like yeah yeah, yeah. Cr crazy crazy story crazy situation and it's look it's really really difficult to talk about and and before i say anything i gotta preface that i can only speak for myself my history my experiences and my knowledge right and, and i'm happy to share all of that but don't come after me for like historical you know complete historical accuracy or to, to think that I would have the answers to anything or that I could possibly speak about the Palestinian community. I can, I can barely speak about the Jewish community. Um, and why do I say that? Because we're such a complex, diverse group of people. And uh, it's, it's really, really hard to be fair and balanced and knowledgeable and respectful of everybody's feelings in the world today. I mean, you're never going to make everybody happy when you're talking about this stuff. Um, can't please everybody. And, yeah, you can't please everybody. Absolutely. And, and if you're trying to, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it, it makes no sense. So, it sucks that you have you know, to preface yourself so carefully. Yeah, you, know? you, you do, because you make one mistake and... Yeah, especially on this subject. And you're gonna you're gonna pay for it for the rest of your fucking life. Potentially. Potentially. Um so it's 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 really hard. I got I told you this, James, the other day. Um this has been some of the hardest times in my life, honestly. Um I've never really been a depressed person at all. I'm super happy going, outgoing, positive kind of kind of person. And 
it really, this shit really shut me down. And it was for the feeling that yet as a Jewish person, just turning on the TV, opening up Instagram, looking at the news stories, the media, YouTube, and I've been studying and living this conflict professionally, as well as academically, as well as just for my own being, my own sense of self and understanding. Um, for the last 30 years, I've been involved with studying, working with, uh, I've living in Israel, visiting Palestine, very, very much involved with the peace movement on the peace process in the late 90s to early 2000s. Um, and um, so I've been, I've been fully engaged in passion. I mean, that, that was my life's passion was to work in the peace process. I went to grad school, did a lot of work in the Middle East, came out of grad school with all my focus on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, worked at Harvard on doing research. I, I interned for President Carter as an expert and uh, on, on Israel-Palestine conflict. Uh, I was actually working for President Carter when he uh, observed the last Palestinian elections in 2006. I guess that was in January of 2006 was the last time Palestinians held uh, an election. And both the West Bank and Gaza, to tell you a little bit of where we are in the world today. I mean, that was the last time that they, they had an election. Uh, and it, that's a really a, a relevant point when we're looking at this conflict, um, specifically in Gaza, because over half of the population of Gazans weren't even, even alive when Hamas was put in power. Or rather, they were elected and then they completely took over uh, the West Bank um, and have held it hostage since. Um, but so I do have a lot of knowledge and experience. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in Israel. I've traveled throughout the West Bank. I've never been to Gaza. Um, I have friends and family, uh, in both communities. Um, and it's just a disgusting, disturbing situation that I had hoped 30 years ago when I first got involved that by this time in my life, we would have found peace, but things have actually only gotten worse. Since uh, since the nineties, and it's it's a it's what a, is just a tragic, unfortunate situation. And there is there like a solution to this problem, man? I mean, like it's yes just... and no. I mean, the solution the solution is is there if humans want to do the work that it will take in order to to make peace. Peace making peace is so much harder than making war. It it really is. It really is. Um, and wh why do I say that? It's because of our emotions, our feelings, our animal natures, our, 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 our inability to just let go of our fear and anger and our, revenge. our, our, vic our revenge and our actual victimhood. We are victims. All of us, everybody alive has been a victim in some way, shape or form. Likely, likely. I mean, that, there's, there's people like Donald Trump who, you know, were born into this incredible world and kind of have hand, been handed everything and have been given every opportunity. But most people, like there's a select few that have lived and will always live a great life, right? But most of us have troubles and problems and run-ins and conflicts, right? But absolutely without question, both the Palestinian and the Jewish people are some of the most victimized peoples in history, in human history. It's just, it's not debatable. You know, Palestinians most certainly in, in recent history, they don't have 
the thousands of years of, of victimization of Jewish people. That doesn't make it one more of a victim or less. It's what it is. And the, the, the trauma and the PSD, uh, PTSD, uh, PTSD intergenerationally that comes along with all of that trauma is, is so deeply rooted in both of these communities uh, that it, you just, it's hard to let go. It's hard. It's hard to just recognize that the two things can exist at the same time. Like um, I had a, I had a situation. I have a, I have, I have a bunch of Israel Palestine paintings here that, uh, that, that, uh, um, well, for example, uh, this piece right here is actually here. Let me, uh, let's see if I, that is a street map of the old city of Jerusalem, right? This is ancient Jerusalem, the city. And all, all of my pieces that I do of Israel and Palestine are incorporating the colors of the Israeli and Palestinian flags. Now, what does this actually represent, right? You have all these colors all mixed up. Well, it's a, it's a crazy divided and mixed city and history and land, and it belongs to all of us. And it is true, it is absolutely true that Jews have lived in this city, on this land, for thousands of years. Just as it's true that Palestinians have lived in this city, in this land, for going on hundreds to thousands of years, right? It's not the same history. We have different histories. We have different narratives, and they're both true, right? We're both indigenous to this land. It's, it's just a fact, right? And... People want to, in both in our communities, as well as outsiders, want to say, well, you're a white colonizer, or you're just a terrorist, or you're, you're Arab colonizers, right? Well, what is the history of the land? You want to look at who's colonized the land? Everybody, literally all of human history is, has showed us that this land, why it's so important, is because it's been colonized by every major global power going back throughout time. And it's crazy mixed and there's a very complicated complex history and so if if i deny that palestinians have history there and deny their personhood and their history and their culture and their language and their art and i'd say it just didn't exist why would they want to make peace with me and the same is true on the Palestinian side where they're saying, oh, you guys are European white colonizers and, oh, you're, you're the descendants of Khazars. You're not actually people from the Middle East. You're not indigenous. You're colonizers. You came from wherever. You're, uh, you, you guys made up this whole thing and just came back and stole the land. But that's not true. That's not true either. And so it's, it's a process of educating, recognizing each other and our histories, as well as the outside worlds, get the fuck out of our way. Stop, stop like uh, using us as proxies for your own fucking interests, because that's mm. what's going on there. This is a proxy. Yeah. Word, you know, yep. absolutely. Yeah. And Iran supporting, you know, Hamas and things like that, basically. Right. Oh, Iran, Russia, China. Yeah. Yeah. Supporting Hezbollah, Hamas. Yeah. Just yeah. as the United States and you know tons of other countries are 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 Armenian Israelis. This is what I have uh, from my understanding of history. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, like I said, you, you know, I very well could be uh, that there was all these displaced Jewish people after World War II because of the Holocaust. That uh, you know when Brit when basically they decide they needed to put them somewhere um, after World War II, and then during that period of time. 
it was a British col British colonized that area, so they kind of like put them all there in that area, and that kind of displaced all these Palestinian people. I mean, is this is this correct? Incorrect? Um, kind of, but not y yes and no. Okay. Um, so taking it taking it back to uh, I just want I got I gotta say this one thing: Jews are total about 15 million in the entire world that's 0.1 or 0.2 percent of the global population right palestinians are about the same we are a tiny tiny group of people with a very long both both groups are very tiny groups of people with very long and complex histories that are very also very diverse within their own communities palestinians are from white blonde hair blue-eyed to black Really? Right. Okay. Just as Jews are. Yes, absolutely. Why? Because literally, I'm, I'm not kidding. This is the land bridge between Africa, Asia and Europe. That's why all of the ancient empires conquered this land. It was it is know. literally if you look on a map, it's the it's the a little bit like America, three. basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Mexico between North America and South America. And you have a mix of all the indigenous tribes there. Right. Um, so. So. After World War One, actually, is when Palestine was created as British Mandate Palestine. Before that, it was an Ottoman territory. Palestine, you know, people, yeah. this is very complex. Palestine hasn't existed ever in history as a state. It is a region and territory that has been controlled by multiple empires going back thousands of years. But there's never been a like a country or a state or a place that is a Palestine with its own governing country and culture. The, the term Palestinian as a national identity is a 20th century um, creation that came about through the rise of Arab nationalism in the post-colonial period. Okay, That's not me trying to deny that Palestinians exist. They absolutely do. I love the Palestinian people. I have many Palestinian friends. I would never deny them their personhood, their statehood, their culture, their identity. But it's also a fact that like that was just conquered territory. There were government from the Ottoman Empire, the Byzantine Empire, like the several Arab empires in the early Arab conquests of the land, right? Um, so it's 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 not so it's not a simple thing. So we're talking getting up to World War II. World War II ends. Primarily, the European Jewish community is affected. About half, more than half of the Jewish community in Europe is wiped out, murdered, eliminated. Right. Uh, six million, give or take. Right. That didn't happen. Half the other half of the Jewish world actually existed in throughout the Middle East and North Africa. So there's three major Jewish communities in the world. Right. You have the Ashkenazi who are called the European or German Jews. And that goes back to the 11th century is the first time that Jews started settling in Eastern Europe coming out of. Italy and you know they were we were all basically expelled by the Roman Empire and, and scattered throughout the the Roman Empire mostly landing in Spain and Italy and then moving out from there right so you have the Ashkenazi Jew who are the German basically from Germany East Jews the Sephardic Jews who are the Spanish Jews and then the Mizrahi Jews which are the Arab Jews the Jew, Jews of the the Arab Peninsula and the Middle East and these communities have existed separately since the fall of the or since the fall of the last 
the Second Temple and uh, the Roman Empire, right? That's when the Jewish community was split up and started kind of developing our own ethnic identities, independent, but still from the same, same uh, region historically, right? Spanish Jews are kicked out of the Spanish Empire come the Inquisition, the 1400s, and they either go to the Americas, Latin America, that's where you get a lot of the, the Jewish community in Latin America, the first the first Jewish communities actually in North America and, Latin, and South America from the, the expulsion of the Spanish uh, Inquisition, and then also pushed into North Africa. So Morocco through Tunisia and Egypt, there's a segment of what are called Sephardic Jews, but there also have, were other Jewish communities in the Arab world and you know Saudi Arabia, for example, very old Jewish community in Saudi Arabia. Most people don't know that. Yemen is one of the oldest Jewish communities. In Iraq, right? There's At the end of World War II, there's something near uh, between one and two million Jews living in the Arab world, Islamic world who are kicked out, mostly kicked out of their homes and their lands, their property confiscated following World War II and end up in Israel with what the remnants of the Holocaust. So when Israel is set, created as a state in 1947, 48, they, they fight the war for independence, 49, it's established as a state. It's not a European Jewish country. In fact, until the 1990s, the majority of Jews living in there and in, in Israel, the largest population of Jews were Sephardic, North African, and Arab Jews of, of the Arab world. Got it. Very Brown Jews. Brown yeah. Jews. I mean, brown and black Jesus. Jews. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's, there is a thousand, over a thousand year old Jewish community in India. There is a, over a thousand year old Jewish community in China. Right. And we're all genetically related. Um, and what's crazy about that, is, like I'll tell you, one of the, one of the my own personal um, experiences of anti-Semitism throughout my life, which is not much like I've been fucking blessed relative to most of my family members going back to my father and older in terms of the type of anti-Semitism that I, I've experienced in my life. But throughout my life, everybody's like, why? Why is it that Jews only marry Jews? Why, why is it that you guys only marry each other? It's like, you, nobody knows our history. It, it was illegal. I couldn't have married. Like, none of my family members could have ever married anybody in any of the, the communities where they lived, in any of the countries where they lived. Strictly forbidden for Jews to marry an indigenous or local person. Right? Think, and so it's always like, everybody's always, ah, why do the Jews only marry each other? Well, yes, of course, our grand, my grandmother wanted me to marry a Jewish woman, right? We had this family, oh, are you going to marry a nice Jewish girl, right? But the same fucking thing is true of everybody else. If I went up to any of my black friends, you know, I was like, ask your grandmother if it would have, she would be cool you marrying a Jewish girl or a white chick or, or an Asian chick, right? Or if you ask an Asian family uh, parents or grandparents if it was okay for you to marry a black person or an Italian, or ask an Italian if it, if it was okay to marry a Jewish person <laughs> or a Muslim, right? Yeah. So like, I kept getting all this shit. What is up with these Jews? And why are they always staying amongst themselves? Well, because we were never allowed to participate in any society where we lived for the equally or fully. I mean, I think, yeah, I think another thing also is just like, you know, when your cultures are like, for example, you said that about Chinese people. And I'm a I'm a fucking anomaly. OK, I kick it with like all kinds of fucking people. And you guys know this, you, you know, what I mean? but most of my peoples, they just stay in their own community. You, you know what I mean? And they marry people of their own community. 
And I always say it's because, uh, first of all, that's like you're raised in that community. And like most hey, people, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. You, you know what I mean? And also the culture is so old and strong. And there's so many traditions that you stay and in. And you this. get it. It's the same with the Jews, yeah. right? We've been yeah, doing exactly, the same exactly. shit for thousands of years now. And I was, I was actually just thinking about this. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I think I think that's like an awesome explanation, man. And you really kind of broke it down for us in a fair and concise way. But it's also just like in America, we I think we value like friendship through so much more because of like media. You, you know what I mean? I think like in other old historical things, you don't fuck with people who aren't in your family, like or in your community, like or an extended right. cousin or something like that. But America, we're like a country of immigrants. And people kind of like depend. Yeah, you had your family, but you in order to make it, you kind of had to get have relationships with people outside of your immediate family. You, you know, and, and assimilate. And, and assimilate. In, in our in our whole culture, yes. I mean, we value friendship. I mean, like in films, you know what I mean, and music or whatever. There's songs about. You know, they don't have this kind of stuff necessarily in Chinese culture as much. You, you know what I mean? It's more about you know. Uh, stuff about family like you know and i just thought that was a really interesting um thing you know reflection that i had so yeah man it's an old culture thing i think too man you know yeah. the the we all we, we all do the same thing but the point the point of what i was making is it was like it was always singled out that jews are like this and i kept being like dude go home ask your grandmother if you could if it would be okay for you to marry my sister <laughs> right no she doesn't want you to marry a fucking jew Come on, <laughs> right? And we all we all yeah. do that shit, right? Not all. I mean, meaning like culturally and historically, yeah, we feel we feel good amongst ourselves. We we have those traditions amongst ourselves. But in the case of the Jewish people, actually, they're like go read European history. There are strict Jewish laws for a thousand fucking years in Europe. Jews in Italy, right? One of the oldest Europeans, the oldest synagogue, I forgot where it was built in Europe, was in Italy, right? It's the original European Jewish community following the, 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 the collapse of ancient Israel and the, the success of the Roman Empire, right? Took most of the Israelites as slaves and expelled the rest. So there was a period from late 1400s, 1500s, when the, when the, uh, when the Catholic, when the, when the popes took over and ruled Italy. That was the, the first ghettos. The term ghetto comes from Italy, actually, in the Jewish community in, in, in Italy. Jews were put in, it was called the ghetto, which was the shitty part that was like down by, by the port. It was like where the metalwork was done and the fishmongers hung out. It was the shittiest fucking land if you go to Venice, Italy, right? Or in Rome, it's down by the river. Right. They, 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 you had a, like a, basically a block. They took like 500 families, the Jews that were living there, put them in a block, one block. You couldn't walled it off for 500 years. Jews couldn't leave that building without, if the sun wasn't up, you couldn't leave the ghetto and you could only leave with permission. Um, and the Jews of Italy for 500 years were allowed three jobs. They could be a doctor because you're dealing with dead and sick people. This is not modern medicine. So you're going to likely die. You're gonna, Jewish medicine, hello, that's where it comes from. They were restricted. You could be a doctor. You could be a, a, a used clothes salesperson or a fishmonger. And that was it. <laughs> 500 years. 500 years this community lived like that. 
until wow. 1800s. And it was like 1855 or 1870s when, when the Jewish laws in Italy were, were, were thrown out, thanks to the Enlightenment in France. Interesting, right? Man. Interesting, man. Wow. So... And that's just that's just Italy, dude. Like we're not talking about all the other histories. And again, that's the complexity of Jewish history and anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is a term that was created by the Germans in the 1800s, the late 1800s, right? Meaning hatred of Jews. It's not about Semites and the Semitic people and Arabs and Turks. Yes, we're all Semites. But the term anti-Semitism isn't a debatable subject, right? Saying, oh, I can't be anti-Semitic, I'm Palestinian because we're Semitic people. No, that was a term from Germany referring to the, the proud hatred of Jews. And that's mm. all it ever historically is, has ever meant, right? That's just fact, right? And the experience of the Jewish community in Czech is different from what happened in Germany, is different from what happened in Russia, is different from what happened in Italy, which is different from what happened in Egypt, which is different from what happened in Iraq, in Iran, right? All of these old, old, old thousand year communities had such different experiences, but we all came from the same place, which is right there. Wow, dude, well said. Very well said. Like I said, I, I just think it's like, thank you for breaking that down for us, man, because uh, like I said, it's complicated and, uh, you know, I think you managed to just like, you know, like what at what point in time in history do you want to start the revenge? Because I feel like that's right. like yeah, that's, that's like, that's where, yeah, yeah, very much that's where so. we're at, like right now, right? Even even within our own country, man, like you know, yeah. you know, what I mean, or even on the street, you know, for uh, certain different boxes that you know we're not going to get into today. <laughs> right. So you you asked you asked a good question: Is peace possible? And, you know, we can finish the subject with this. Yeah, I know it is because I grew up some of my best friends, right? First of all, you know, I'm, I'm a Jewish guy, right? My best friends were Turkish Muslims, Palestinian Muslims and Christians, right? When I moved to L.A., you know, who my best friends in L.A. were for the first few years I was here, Persian Muslims and Pakistani Muslims. And like my, my crew were, were Persian and, and, and Pakistani Muslims. They were, they were my homies, right? How do I know peace is possible? Because I'm living proof of it. My, my entire life experience tells me that I have nothing to fear or hide from anybody. We're all one. We're all fucking one. We're all one. Anybody that's had a, the, the, the come to Jesus moment on psychedelics knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? We've, we've all been there. We had that God moment. We all met God if you've been there. And, I, and I'm not encouraging everybody to do we're it. We're all human, man, at the end of the day. I think it is. We're yeah, all human. Mean, we're all coming from the same place. We're the same cosmic, cosmic dust, dude. We, we drink the same water. We bleed the same blood. We're, we, we're happy to fuck each other. Yeah. Right? <laughs> In my opinion, if you want to get along, you can get along. If you don't, then you won't. Yeah. Pretty fucking simple. Yeah, man. Well, I think that, you know, what, not man? that simple, but it, I can make it sound simple, right? <laughs> no, it's it, it sounds simple, right? But that's really hard. Everything we're saying, it actually, like I said, the answer is simple, but doing the work, it's doing the work that is that is so hard. It's it's, I about, think it's also it's the circumstances that the circumstances that come about, you know, if uh, if everything goes to where there's like no conflicts, you know, no one's uh, getting in stupid arguments and then getting out of hand and whatever, then. You know, there's nothing to, to have to check on. Like, well, well, should we be upset about this? Well, let's look back in history, you know? Like, well, 
let's just try to deal with what's going on right now. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And not what's happened in the past because you weren't even alive or around for that shit, you know? Um, but that's uh, because there's some people that are okay with that. Yeah. And there's other people that need to have history in order to, I don't know, do anything. Like they have to run it, run their things by like a, a tradition or something like that. Then you're, then you're always going to have problems, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah man. You know, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I said it. And, and again, I feel like I have to preface this because I didn't say this before. Yeah. These days you got to preface fucking everything. I, I, and, and so I do have to make this very clear. What is happening to the Palestinian people in Gaza and the West Bank is atrocious. It is a fucking crime. It is a shanda, as we say, right? A shame. Dude, I didn't know you could bomb a city this much. Holy fucking no. shit. What's left? No, no. It's, a, it's a fucking shame. It's a disgrace. It's criminal. Is it genocide? I don't know yet. That's a tough one. And I've gotten into a lot of shit by talking about that with my family because I have Holocaust uh, survivors I'll tell you what, it's genocidal to the fucking architects. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. The people in Israel, as in any other population, famous true in Palestine, right? Hamas is absolutely genocidal. I know for a fact, I've experienced it, the genocidal ideology of the, the, the ruling party in Israel, right? The, the far extreme right in Israel, 100% genocidal. If they had their wish they would completely annihilate every single palestinian non-jew in that area and then beyond actually and then beyond they would love to take back the sinai parts of jordan and syria going back to all of ancient israel right that is absolutely true but that's not all of israel and just because you know we, we've had political leaders that are horrific genocidal human beings right that doesn't make all of the american people um, it doesn't invalidate our, our existence, our rights, our personhood, right? Just because of who is running our country. And the same is true in Palestine, right? Their leadership is so disgustingly corrupt and evil, just as Israel's is, right? And they're both, that's both fucking true. They're both trying to commit ethnic cleansing and act in committing acts of war crimes and would go as far as genocide. I have no doubt that both there are people in both communities that would do that. But to paint all of the communities as being genocidal maniacs or inhuman or subhuman or not indigenous or this, that, and the other thing, we just gotta stop with that shit. We just gotta stop with it and just see each other as humans, see each other as being dignified. Um, you got too much fucking time on their hands to worry about this shit, you know? Yeah. And nobody gave two fucks before October 7th. And that was a crazy thing. You wake up October yeah. 8th and everybody's an expert in Israel-Palestine all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, right. man. Yeah. yeah. It, it Dude, bothers I... me so much, man. You know, you know what? It's just really Well, anytime a war breaks out, everyone has to pick sides. You know? Right. That's what James and I, we talked about that the other day as well. Like, I've been, as long as I've been involved researching, working on this subject, everybody, whenever the topic comes up, well, are you, so are you pro-Israeli or are you pro-Palestinian? And I've, heard, I've never in I've, I've heard, never in my life claimed either. You know I'm what's crazy? Peace. I've I'm heard like Jewish friends talk pro human. There you go. And kind of like discuss it's like, oh, are you pro Israel? Like kind of like amongst Jews. Like you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. I, I've heard that discussion amongst kind of like private not not privately, but just like kind of between Jews. And it's it's just like really I don't know. It's just like uh 
it's interesting because I think your ethnic background, you get you're a minority at the end of the day, right? Amongst the world, while as a Chinese person, like, hey, there's a shit ton of fucking Chinese people on this earth, right? And right, it's funny, that's the shit. That's the shit that I say, like genocide, because like, for example, when you look at cases in history, like the rape of Nanking, and they killed a shit ton of Chinese people. Hey, there's just too many of us to fucking create genocide. They're trying. The mentality is still like the same. They want to kill, ever, like just get rid of all these people that are nuisances at, at the end of the day. Right. So it's like kind of interesting to me uh, because I just never there's not this worry that you're going to kill every Chinese person like on on, on this earth. You, you know what I mean? Compared to there's eight fucking billion people in this earth yeah. now, you know, Compared to a minority community like the Jewish or the Palestinian people. You, you know what I mean? It's right. Just, I don't like my my thought on it, yeah. But uh, no, I'd love your I'd love your thought on this if, if I if I could ask you, James. Um, the, the, it's always made, like, I have to fucking laugh when people say, "Well, they're fucking Jews. Jews run the world. They control they control the world." Uh, I was talking to this this uh, Mexican dude. Uh, was down in um, uh, San Miguel de Allende in Mexico. Beautiful city. If you ever get a chance to visit, go down there. I uh, he's an art dealer, and, uh, and there's the biggest art uh, gallery down there is actually run by a Mexican Jewish guy. And so he was telling like, oh, you know, this is the most important artist. Uh, he, uh, he runs like the biggest facility. My uncle's kind of friends with me. He started talking about Jews and how Jews run this and that and the other thing. And then he got to the point where he, he was saying, you know, like, I, I, you know, Jews, Jews control the world. And I'm like, how many Jews do you think are in the world? And he goes, I, I don't know, maybe like 500 million or so. I'm like, Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And I, so I said to him, I go, listen, there's 15 million of us in the planet. You're mean to tell me that 15 million Jews are controlling a 2 billion Chinese people? Like, like Chinese people don't even know who we are. Yeah, I like to see Chinese right? in the fucking like, country. Good luck with that. Yeah, yo, I mean, like, seriously, what is, what is the Chinese, how does the Chinese community generally, when you hear Jews control the world and you're looking at China, you're like, hmm, which Jew is controlling China? Well, it's just like, you know, it's just a propaganda. But at the end of the day, I mean, like, look, we all know the richest family, the the, the, Wal, the, the Walmart family, the Coke family, you know, the Mars family. You, you know what I mean? We know those are those countries are running shit. <laughs> I mean, those yeah. families are running. They shit. are their own country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you, you know what I mean? So, like, as far as I know, it's just like there's a lot of traditional just like look there's a lot of chinese people who work at chinese restaurants man so there's a lot of jewish people who work in the jewish previous industry called hollywood which is media you know what i mean because it's just you know it's there from right. there you, and you know, what is the history i encourage you all to look up the history how did jews get into hollywood and it has to do with restrictions on what jews were allowed to nickelodeons do man right nickelodeons they they had to have those little nickel theaters man during during the to come up with ways to uh survive. you know yeah, to Dude, survive, my my great-grandfather was a singing barman all of like almost all of my family were in entertainment because they could they weren't allowed to work in fucking banks or or go to law school my dad couldn't get into medical school in the 60s because there were jewish quotas he had to go to fucking europe think about this 20 years after my grandfather's wow. getting tortured in in a nazi concentration camp right or pow because he was american but my grandfather got shot down he was a bomber in the 40s, wow. he's getting tortured for over a year by the Nazis. 20 years later, my dad here in the U.S., he's a very good doctor, became one of the top doctors in, in our, our area in New York. Couldn't get into a medical school. Why? Jewish quotas. 
He had to go back to fucking Europe. He went to medical school in Belgium. So 20 years after my, my, his father's being tortured, he's got to return to Europe to go to school because good old USA, you know, if you're a Jew, good luck, you know, letting a few. But again, that, that was, that, that's my father. Mm. You know, Damn, like, dude. but you know. Hey man, I mean, you know, you know like I said, we kind of went over time or a, a little bit for today, bro. But, um, but like I said, man, you know, we're, we're, we're making some changes on the show and, uh, uh, dude, man, you know, uh, one good hombre's told me he has some ideas, so we might have a little spinoff for you sometime. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, cause he's, yeah. you know, he's got a lot to say and we definitely going to have him on the show again, man. So, uh, it's been. And it's not biased. This is about the most, you know, central, uh, type of information that you could, uh, that you could get, you know, you can just tell yeah. by what you heard today. I, ho I hope, I hope, I hope it comes off that way. I hope nobody is offended by my, my, Dude, my personal Somebody's going to be offended. Somebody of is. Of course, of course. If no, one thing that we no. can all agree on in the show, especially with Teach's original message, of te is teach peace, man. You, you know what I mean? Teach, learn, peace. That's what we're all about, man. You, you know what I mean? From you know, so uh, like I said, if you're against peace, like I, I just think uh, you, you know, you don't have a place at our table, man. So, um, but anyways, man, it it was awesome talking to you, brother. And we're gonna have you on again, and let's talk and let's just kind of chat about your ideas, man. And uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, Teach, you got anything else? Dude, I'm just I'm I'm very very grateful to have been able to have um, one good hombre on today, and that uh, he was brave enough to uh, you know say what he had to say. I'm just very grateful. Un un unmask myself. <laughs> also, exactly. by the way, Teach, I I wanted to say thank you again for hooking me up. It was really fun bringing your shit down to uh, Argentina. Um, I hope I'm going to be getting down there again soon. I'm hoping the stickers I put up are still there. And I don't know if you remember, but I put, I put your little yeah. dogs up in a couple spots, man. It was, it was very fucking cool to you, uh, to give me that. And I hope, uh, I hope the teacher message is starting to slowly spread down in Argentina. And before I go next time as well, I'll try to get some more stickers from you guys. So yeah, maybe man. we do a little collab, you know, maybe we do like one good teacher or something, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, cause that's all it takes, man. Yeah, Love I don't know if you remember. Teacher. I hit you up. I, I hit you up. I did want to do way back in the day. Last year, I hit you up about doing a uh, insider trading piece. I, I don't know if you remember that. And I, I, I sent yes, you a I little mock-up. But that, yes. that was a complex one that it was it was too hyper-focused. But would fucking love to, before I get down to Argentina, do something collaborative with you. Absolutely would love it. Make it happen. Very cool, man. Let's do it. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you so much All for right. coming on again, man. We'll chat again soon, man. Uh, to the audience, follow us at PTTP Show. Love you guys. Take care and peace. Peace. Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash pttpshow.
inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastrayart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.